Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, Interim Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the President and CEO of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice, in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Bill, welcome back for another week. We're back. You're back at it. And here we are in the month of December. I can't believe the year has flown by. And this is a really momentous month for us. Yeah, it's a big month in a lot of different ways. I was on the radio again for the first time in a long time last week. I do my big knocker appearances on KFAN in the Twin Cities. I had a lot of questions about people being sick. A lot of people were sick after Thanksgiving. I know we did our podcast about the ways to stay safe. Seems like there's a lot of respiratory viruses going around. Yeah, there really are. That's probably a good place for us to start because with everything going on this month, this is also the holiday season and people are getting together. I think there really needs to be a self-assessment of you, yourself, and your family as you're considering how to keep everyone safe. Considering as you go out with all the respiratory viruses that are circulating, if you are at risk of severe disease or if someone in your household is at risk, and also if you are up to date on all your vaccines, because we are having record influenza numbers right now. Seasonal activity is high. It is continuing to increase across the country. RSV is also up. And then, of course, we have COVID. Yep. It might be interesting to have Dr. Binnaker or Dr. Yao on again, talk about from a virologic perspective. I think there's questions about is the behavior of these viruses different now that COVID is also circulating, you know, that it's causing changes in other respiratory viruses. But I'm not smart enough to know that. I do understand, because this question came up to me when I was on air, but about that the influenza vaccine that's, that's out there actually is for influenza a is quite effective. It is against it the is. primary circulating strain. So it's important for people to keep that in mind and get vaccinated because influenza can be a severe illness. And I think in Texas, at least, I saw a headline that the number of influenza hospitalizations now exceeds the number of, of COVID hospitalizations. Yeah, I was looking up some numbers in preparation for today. And so the most recent data from CDC shows that as of December 2nd, they had across the country 25% positivity rate. So out of all the specimens being sent to the lab, a quarter of them are positive for flu. That's of all the ones sent in for flu testing. And in just that week of December 2nd, there were almost 20,000 hospitalizations. That's a pretty big deal to be hospitalized for a respiratory illness. Of course, that often means intubation, long-lasting lung damage. So something that really needs to be avoided if possible. Yeah, and I think that to bear in mind again, I know it's we talked about it ad nauseum for the last three years now. It's hard to believe we're going on three years of COVID. Vaccination and personal mm-hmm. behaviors are the two best things we have in terms of preventing the spread. With influenza, you tend to spread when you are symptomatic. So if you're symptomatic with a respiratory illness, really think carefully about going and being around people in your family. Again, RSV hospitalizations are up in kids and it's behaving a bit differently where it's older children and typically you're getting hospitalized. Thankfully, I hear they're not typically not serious in terms of intubations, what you, but serious enough you need to be in the hospital. And remembering that pediatric hospitals, that hospital capacity in this country is more limited. So it's all these things just to make sure you take that upon yourself and think about that and be mindful in COVID. If you've been exposed, again, it's, it still appears we're most apt to spread it 
immediately pre-symptom. So again, you might not be sick with COVID. If you've been around someone, you could still potentially spread it. It right. leads to tough choices. I mean, that was my, in my own family, we had one of my children that had knew that she was exposed to COVID on Thanksgiving morning, she found out. And so she made the decision not to join us because she just didn't want to spread to our family. So just keep those things in the front of your mind. I know that people really want to get together. Great to get together. And it's been a long time, but we just had to strike the right balance because it's, it's a tough respiratory virus season this year for, for healthcare. It really is. So asking yourself those personal assessment questions, you know, if you personally are at risk or someone in your family, but then also what are your plans? If you get sick, can you work from home for part of that time if you're feeling well enough to do so? If your child gets sick, what are your child care plans? Because especially with COVID, that requires a certain isolation period and that's going to keep people out of school or out of work. Yep. And then think about that as you're traveling now as well. Travel, like air travel numbers, are they've been at like record numbers here for the last few months, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, and in fact, I'm traveling today. Yeah, you're traveling. So yeah, I'll be headed out to Washington, D.C. because there's a lot of really important stuff. Talk about momentous. It's also now what's called the omnibus, the legislative package that needs to be passed for continuing funding of the government into the next oncoming year. So that has to get passed by year's end. There's a lot of healthcare stuff in there and a lot of lab stuff in there. Yeah. So have you been hearing any word on the street as to what might be included in that omnibus spending bill? In general, there's a lot of thought around virtual care because for you just talked about monkeypox. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that, as part of the public health emergency for remote care and virtual care that were allowed under the EUA, which that would be rescinded if the COVID public health emergency ends. And it will probably end at some point here in 2023. And there'll be a lot of pressure from the Republican side in particular to end that because they feel like it gives the administration too broad of a powers. So I think that's one, when you think about remote sign out and, and some of the stuff that's been waived in terms of needing a CLIA license, if you're signing out from home and some of those things will be, could potentially be in there. Provider ability to perform remote care, including pathologists and laboratory professionals, that's number one. Also for labs will be SALSA, mm -hmm. which is, of course, the reform of PAMA to make it more financially sustainable, because without some measure, we'll be facing significant cuts in the laboratory fee schedule. And then valid, of course, two things that we've talked a lot about. Word on the street is that SALSA is unlikely to pass because all these other things that are, that are being considered need to be paid for, and Congress tries to maintain budget neutrality. So SALSA would, is projected... So the way this works, and now I've learned this in case people are interested, there's actually what's called the CBO, the Congressional Budgeting Office, that actually looks at any proposed legislation and estimates what it will cost or what it will save. They did that analysis for SALSA, and they estimate that it will be billions of dollars that will be required over several years. That means they had to find that savings somewhere else, and that's probably difficult because a lot of the other things that physicians are coming in healthcare is going, wants money, right? We know there's a lot of financial stress in healthcare. So that makes it very less likely to also pass what is being considered would probably a one-year delay and then another one-year delay in the PAMA cuts, which uh, was actually estimated to be a saver for the government. Don't ask me how this all works. I don't understand the economics, the finances of it. But so that means we'll still be to stay engaged on this issue because it just will be kicking the can, as they say, down the road, proverbially. Valid actually sounds like it's going to be they're trying to make some accommodations for academic medical centers because of the concerns around saving, you know, stopping innovation in those areas for direct patient care. 
But then my understanding is that that actually has a greater likelihood than salsa passing, just because there's a lot of, it's been an issue for a long time. The current FDA administration, is, it's one of our top priority items is to get some kind of oversight of laboratory developed tests. I think it's important for people to remember. I know that in the academic community, there's been a lot in hue and cry about valid and the FDA having oversight of LDTs. But you also have to remember the FDA's position has been all along that they actually already have the right. And they propose a legislative solution to put more boundaries on it. Because without that, then all they have in law to do this is device regulation, meaning that a lab developed test would have to go through the same 510K process and everything else that a diagnostic manufacturer has to go through. So it might be one of those be careful what you wish for kind of thing. So again, just keeping an eye on all that, if ballot doesn't pass, what is the position of FDA going into 2023? Because if we start to see a lot of things like we saw pre-pandemic where they came out against pharmacogenomic testing and saying it had to be submitted, we might start seeing a, a much more increased pace of FDA saying tests need to be submitted for to FDA for approval. And again, it's not just the FDA that wants this, but there are many patient advocacy groups which have a very strong voice in Washington, in particular in this administration, including the Pew Charitable Trust that have been pushing hard for FDA oversight of LDTs. In some respects, it's probably more complicated than the PAMA reform because actually most people I've talked to on the Hill are for it, right? They see the logic of it. We come, we've come through COVID. We see the importance of tests. It's just, where do you find the money to pay for it? That's tough enough, but, but the ballot is still one with lots of strong opinions on both sides. Yeah. Well, I, I hear a couple big takeaways here. Well, first of all, that we all need to stay tuned because these next few weeks are going to be really momentous. We're going to find out what happens by the end of the year and see what passes. But then given that probably not everything will pass, there will as always, need to be continued role for advocacy for everyone in laboratory medicine and pathology. Because if we have something like salsa that's going to be hanging over us and we need to try to figure out how to get that to pass, saving access for reimbursement for testing, those are going to be really important issues that our society is going to have to advocate for. I've done that. I've gone to Hill Day through the College of American Pathologists. I know, there, I know a number of other groups like what you're involved in, Bill, like ACLA does advocacy. And it's, I think, really important for all of us to be involved in those and not just assume that someone else is going to take care of it. Oh, I agree 100%. I think if there's one takeaway as we get to the end of 2022 and look into 2023 is that if you just read the headlines, and I try and I'm busier now, so I'm not as daily on Twitter as I have been, and then trying to use more LinkedIn too. I know a lot of people use that, but then social media channels, I'm trying to share what I'm seeing about just the economics of healthcare. There's a lot of stress and financial stress in healthcare systems which means that there's going to be continued, continued to be a topic which is considered by the federal government. I think we're going to see it over the next several years. Healthcare will be one of the primary topics that's being debated and legislated in the federal government. Labs will be a part of that. So I think the most important thing is to your point, really stay engaged no matter what happens coming out of this December. I think it's important for all of us to stay engaged in our professional societies and stay engaged as individuals because these things are going to have major impact on our practice, how we deliver healthcare through the laboratories. And remembering our common theme is that a lot of people don't understand it. It's a bit arcane. And so, or for providers, they think about the tests that they order. They don't think about the tests in totality. So it's really important for all of us in lab medicine to stay engaged, to stay active, and to stay informed. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you and I will keep breaking it down for folks and try to present it in really terms that everyone can understand so they understand the importance of it and then what they can do themselves to help advance the important issues. That's right. Yep. And then we'll, we'll, you, uh, we'll do all three and we'll stay engaged with the people that we've had the, honestly, the blessing to connect with through this podcast and, and other social media channels. We'll do our bit anyways. Absolutely. All right, Belle, well, I look forward to another week. Then next week, we'll keep talking about these important issues. Yep, that's right. And then we'll try and spread some holiday cheer along the way. Yes. <laughs> it can't all be regulation. We'll no. have lots of different things yeah. to talk about. Do people equate regulatory and reimbursement conversations with holiday cheer. And maybe everybody's <laughs> Well, I don't know why. So, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, we'll figure something out. For sure. We'll figure something out. That's all right, well, <laughs> have a great week, Belle. You too, Bobby. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.